Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. privilege to speak to you this morning about something very, very close to my heart, which is family. I love my family. Hear me right. I love my family. My family. You are my family. Whenever I speak, I always use a lot of scripture to help me explain what I believe God wants us to hear. And because he wants the very best for his family, like me, you're going to hear a lot of scripture this morning. It's very simple. For nearly 15 years, I have used this beloved Bible, which is a New Living Translation. And I use the New Living Translation because I'm quite straightforward, quite simple. I like something that's easy to listen to, easy to read. So I'm going to be using the New Living Translation this morning. So as usual for me, if you've heard me speak before, I usually start with a scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16. You don't need to turn to it. Actually, yes, you do. Turn to it. It's not actually part of what I want to talk to you about this morning, but in fact, it's everything I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Are you all there? Okay. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture... All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's the importance of the scripture. So hearing and reading the scriptures is very important in giving us direction in our own lives. If you're ever unsure of what God wants for you and where you're going in life, you don't necessarily need to come and speak to an elder or a leader in the church. You can find your own wisdom in the scriptures. I want to encourage you to get into the word more and more. And if you haven't already underlined that scripture in your Bible, please do it now. Okay. So this morning, I want to use the scriptures. First of all, a very warm welcome to Hot Rock 4 and 5. Are you there? Can I hear Hot Rock 4 and 5? We've obviously got um, another meeting going on upstairs as part of our weekend Bible program. So their rooms are being used this morning. So Hot Rock 4 and 5 are with us, and you are very welcome, children. Um, We're going to be breaking bread together. And together is actually a word you're going to hear a lot of this morning. Um, I'm going to keep the the morning a little bit shorter than usual in order to give us time to break bread and to fellowship together. Because I think that's really important when we come together as a body of believers, as a family. So let's start with a reference point in scripture and then I'm going to work from that. So hopefully on the screen behind me as you can see Ephesians 1 is what we're going to be looking at and talking from this morning so if everybody turns to Ephesians 1 if you want to or you can look at the board behind me all praise to God 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom, we've heard that word a lot this morning, with his blood, of his, with the blood of his son, and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness on us. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Say that last sentence with me. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. Wow. That is pretty cool. And that's just the opening verses from what is probably, I know we all have favorites, but it is probably my favorite book in the whole Bible. That is just five verses of a six-chapter book. It is full of stuff like that. Because Ephesians, to me, you see, is a book that's been written by an apostolic father. It's been written by Paul, encouraging a body of believers to see themselves as a family. Okay? So there are four words that I've put in bold on the screen behind me. And I'm just going to open up each one very simplistically and for a very short period of time just to try and help us understand what family and the body of Christ actually means. So we are united with Christ. So the first word is united. The first thing you think of when you hear the word united might be a football team. They did win last night, by the way. Uh, just. Um, or the United Kingdom as a country or something like that. But it's an important word because it signifies togetherness, united. Look at this video.
So, you know, we're more important than a crab or an ant or a penguin. When, when we are united together, we can accomplish more together. Um, turn with me, if you could, to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a scripture you may know. It's chapter 4, and it's verse 12. Ecclesiastes is the book after Psalms and Proverbs. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Who wants to succeed in this room? Put your hand up if you want to succeed. I want to succeed. Two people are better than one off, off than one, for they can help each other to succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. The last verse of, of that scripture in the Message Bible says this. It says, by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. That's incredible, isn't it? With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily broken. You know, we all go through tough times. There are some people who I know are in this congregation who go through more tough times than I've been through and ever hopefully have to go through in my life. But you know, as a family, as a brother or a sister in Christ, when somebody's going through a tough time, we have the ability to come alongside them and support them and help them like two or three strands of a, of a braid or a rope. We can help to correct them when they're wrong. It's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? And we can be corrected when we have been wrong. It's really important to remember that. So we are united in Christ. The second word is we are chosen. We are chosen. The word used by Paul here literally means to be picked up and separated from the rest of mankind when he judges the world. That's what that one word means. He literally picks us up and separates us from the rest of mankind when he judges the world. When we go to the supermarket and we want to go and buy some fruit, do we just pick up the first thing that comes into our hand or do we look for the best fruit? You know, whether it be bruised or discolored or stained, we don't want to put that into our basket, do we? We want to look at it, inspect it, and actually choose the best fruit in that choice to be able to put into the, uh, into the basket. And you know, that's what we were like before we gave our lives to him. We were bruised, we were damaged, we were stained. And in the judgment to come, Jesus presents us to his father spotless and blameless and without fault. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? When we say we're chosen, we're talking about something at the end times of judgment when he separates those who have known him from those who do not. And right now, you know, God loves everyone. There is not a single person outside of Christ that he does not love and who does not want to, he does not want to come into his kingdom. 
God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that no one should perish but have eternal life. And he wants everybody to come into a relationship with his son. Our family, our family, our family, you, you've got that, good, is a family that is separate to the rest of the world. Hear me right, you know, our family, his family, is in the world, but not of the world. We have been picked up and we have been separated in the light of eternity. Number three, we are adopted. Again, the word here, I'm not going to go into it, but it literally, it's a very specific and a very special word, which is when used in the context of God. And Paul used the same word in his letter to the church in Rome. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We are adopted by him. So Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. That's who we are, guys. We are heirs of God's glory. As his children, we can come together and in our own individuality be able to call him Abba, Father. Abba is a very personal word. It's not a Swedish rock band. It literally means my father my father and as his children collectively we have the privilege of being able to call him our father our father we are adopted by him into his own family that's pretty special isn't it and lastly the fourth word I just want to pick out of the, the first scripture is the word belong we belong to him It's a bit like being branded by a hot iron with the initials JC on it. But you know it's far less painful than that. It's like putting your name, writing your name in the front of a Bible or having your name on the deeds to the house or having your name on um, car ownership documents or whatever it may be. Doing that shows that whatever has our name on it belongs to us. And for all of us who are in Christ and choose to follow him, we belong to him. He purchased us. He bought our freedom with his own blood. And we belong to him. Belonging to a family is sometimes not easy. Getting on with your brothers and sisters. I come from a three children um, upbringing. I have two fabulous sons who always get on with each other and never, ever argue. Getting on with your brothers and sisters, growing up, growing up not just in height, but in stature and in God, is sometimes not easy. 
And it may not be whose turn is it to empty the dishwasher or hoover the stairs or empty the shopping or put the bins out or wash the cars. I mean, the list is endless, isn't it? But it can cause a lot of restlessness. I did it yesterday. <laughs> Have you heard that? It's not my turn. I always do it. Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't happen in my house, so that's fine. I'm just talking what might happen in other people's households, but not in mine. OK. Um, and sometimes you just want to hear the, the Nike logo, don't you? You know, just do it. Please, just do it. But what if you don't feel like you belong? What does it mean? In Ephesians 2, verse 19, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Okay? If you don't feel you belong... This is what the word says about your situation if you know him. You are members of God's family. You are members of God's family. Together, this is what Ephesians 2 goes on to say, not my words, but the Lord's words. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. We are carefully joined together in him. Together, we are his house. Before I read that scripture, God gave me a very clear instruction as to what he wanted me to say to you. One of the things he wanted me to say to you. And it's in the form of this next slide. What is that? It's a house. It's a house. It's God's house. Let's call that God's house. And it represents the local church family here in Stony Stanton. But it could represent any local expression of Christ anywhere in the world. And when you open the house, which is the next slide, what do you see? You see many rooms. And God said to me, we all have a part to play in making the house healthy, whole, and functioning. As a family, dishwasher, hoover, <laughs> washing the car, putting the bins out, whatever it may be. As a family, we can't just rely upon one or two people to do all of the jobs. We all need each other, and we all play a part. And you know, one of the things that I just wanted to say, that isn't the... The, the theme of my message this morning. This is just something God put into my head as I was preparing to talk to you about family. So what does that mean? Next slide. Ooh. We've got lots of things that need to be done in the house, don't we? There's things like Hot Rock. Hot Rock needs helpers. The 0-11s need helpers. They need helpers. Right. Youth on Sunday... That's something that happens every couple of weeks or so in the foyer. That's at risk of no longer happening because we don't have helpers, okay? Helpers. Worship team and sound and PA, those fabulous guys at the back, we need helpers. And we need hosters and greeters and lots of other stuff. Lots of, lots of other stuff that I'm sure the office could make us aware of. 
We say helpers, don't we? But actually, we're using the word servants. It's not just helping out. It's serving, isn't it? As we break bread this morning, I want us to prayerfully consider where we might be able to serve in the church. Like I say, we say helpers, but really we're talking about servants. Let's do our very best to make this family, this house, a delight to him. Everybody serving. In Galatians 5, you can turn to it, but you don't need to. It says in the Message Bible, it is absolutely clear that God called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and to destroy your freedom. He's given us free will, hasn't he? And he's not talking in the context of the house, but listen to this bit. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love others yourself. That's an act of true freedom. That's what it says. That's an act of true freedom. Loving each other as ourselves. So let us serve one another in love and become involved where we can genuinely become involved. There are many needs within any household and within any family. So please ask where you might be able to serve and remember that we are all a family. It's a home reflecting the glory of the Lord. Do you know, we've already sung this morning through a prophetic word that nothing is going to hold us back. And that does apply to the context of our own lives, us reaching out to our neighbours, reaching out to our work colleagues, working at, reaching out to friends, whatever it may be. But also, we should use that term in the context of reflecting the glory of his house. What I mean is nothing should hold us back from being able to serve and reflect the glory. You've got to have the glory inside at its best in order for it to then be expressed to the rest of the world. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.